This is episode 75 of the EdTech Takeout from Grantwood AEA. My name is Jonathan Wiley, and this is kind of a unique episode, or at least we are hoping it's unique, because today I'm not joined by Mindy Carney, my regular co-host for the podcast. You'll hear from her later, but right now it's just me, and that's because, well, these are uncertain times, and right now the digital learning team and everyone else at Grant Wood is practicing social distancing to try and stop the spread of COVID-19. Schools in Iowa closed on March 16th, and the governor advised that they stay closed for four weeks. We are all hoping that this will be long enough to contain and beat the virus, but the truth is, nobody really knows for sure right now. So at the end of the first week, we all got together as a team on Zoom. We talked about some of the things we've been doing in that first week, We talked about trying to balance working at home with parenting and educating our kids. We talked about how we are coping with all of that and how we think we can help other people in the same situation. We recorded that conversation and are including it as the content for this episode. The audio is straight from the Zoom call and that means it's not great, but we hope the content gives you some ideas and some hope for the days ahead. So, without further ado... Here is that conversation. So I should introduce myself, first of all. I am Stacy Beamer. I'm the coordinator of digital learning um, at Grant Wood, AEA, and I get to work with an amazing team of uh, digital learning consultants. And we're going to talk with the digital learning team from Grant Wood AEA today. Um, as other states, something that we have in common, our governor, Kim Reynolds, Uh, recommended that all schools in Iowa close for four weeks to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. So um, as we record this, it's day five of that four-week period. Uh, Grantwood AEA facilities have closed um, to the public and for our staff, so we are homebound. And the members of the digital learning team are here um, working and trying to think about how it can be parents, and also thinking about how they help educators. Uh, so we thought it'd be good to try and share some of our experiences and things that we've been doing um, in order to try to be transparent and to give ideas for people who are also in that same boat. Uh, we don't have all the answers, um, but we are not perfect educators, and I... I'm going to speak for the team because I'm not a parent. They're not perfect parents, but they're really good parents. And um, that's what they want to talk about. Let's just be real about what parenting is in this COVID-19 little saga that we are under. Not something as I've had conversations with folks, um, everybody's saying this is out of the ordinary. This is so bizarre. This is nothing I could even have prepared for. So Um, That's what we're going to talk about. So today we're going to spend some time and have these folks kind of keep your educator hat on as we talk about this, but also really thinking about your perspective as parents, because parents are in a very unique time right now. I've been on the phone every day with, with my sister, just thinking about what do I do with my kids? Is this right? Is this wrong? So um, let's talk about that today. So I'm going to have everybody... First, we have all kinds of backgrounds and all kinds of ages of kids represented with this group. So do we want to, 
you guys want to start and introduce yourselves? So, uh, Mindy Kearney, hello. I am um, mother to a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old, and um, I am a little bit in a unique, unique situation, I think, is that my children get along uh, really, really well. So I am very, very lucky that I don't have to do with um, refereeing and things like that. Okay, I'll go next. Uh, Jonathan Wiley. Um, I have two kids at home too. I've got a 12-year-old and an 8-year-old. I'd like to say most of the time they get on and like each other, but you know, there's definitely a little bit of an age gap in there. So uh, they will find things that they don't always have in common there together. I'll jump in next. I'm Amber Bridge, and I have two kiddos, and I think I have the lowest average age kids. Maggie might be close. Um, I have a three-year-old and a soon-ish to be one-year-old, and so they, this is kind of normal. We don't go out. (laughs) We're not out in public. We basically stay at home a lot. So this doesn't feel, except for the fact of people telling us we have to stay in, not not too far of a stretch for us at this point. Um, I'm Beth Swans, and my I have two daughters who are both grown, and so um, one of the changes for me is a very very empty house. My husband is in agribusiness that does not stop. So he is incredibly busy getting farmers their seed and their chemicals to get uh, for the planting season. So he's spending long hours. So um, normally my daughters and my grandson are in and out of my house numerous times during the week and we haven't seen him because we traveled over the weekend. So I am social I'm quarantining because we were in California and back again. So um, it's been really interesting. And I feel like I have the opposite end of every spectrum because my house is really, really quiet. I'll hop in on that one. (laughs) Um, I'm Maggie Pickett. I'm a digital learning consultant. Um, Sorry about the echo. I am currently renovating a home with my family. Um, So our home has been uh, kind of, we we bought a new home. Um, And like Amber, we go nowhere. I've got three kids, six, two, and um, nine months. Um, To get really kind of down with it, it, we don't go anywhere, so this is not a new thing. But what's, I think, unfortunate, something that Beth kind of touched on, is that now my support system is gone. Um, my kids were being watched by my parents during the day and to keep them safe and healthy, um, I kind of relieved them from their childcare duties. So I will piggyback on Maggie because my husband is also in healthcare and back and forth to the hospital every day. So it's me with the kids. I drive him to work and I pick him up, but that's about it. Um, and I'm home with a 13 year old and a 10 year old who do not love each other a lot. I mean, they do, but, um, They're not openly or outwardly lovey on each other often. Um, They they love each other and like to compete with each other. So it's fun. That's the word I'm going to choose to use. I can hop on quick. I'm Diana Gears, and I am the librarian at Grantwood AEA and work with these lovely people. And I am a fairly recent empty nester, but I raised four boys um, with a 12-year age difference from the oldest to the youngest. So I'm going to jump into the first question because I know some of you guys have been off this week, like Corey and um, 
Gina had her kids, and Lynn, I think your district was on spring break, so you were kind of off, um, but others, Mindy and Jonathan, I'm looking to you, and Maggie, I don't know if Jamie was in school this week or if it was spring break for you guys. She was spring break. So Mindy and Jonathan, you guys have had week one, and we've seen things fly out there, like you can't get... Oh, you can't not open Facebook and see something being flown out there about schedules and here's a resource here, do this, do this, do this. Um, what have you guys been doing this week and what, what's worked? I think the important thing with this is that you do things that are going to work for your kids. And I'm not going to say what we do is necessarily what everybody should do, but my kids have always uh, responded well to schedules um, even from an early age, you know, we always put them to bed at the same times. And as they grew up, we changed those times, but it was always, you know, structured in terms of what that was. And, you know, even at the weekends, they know they have lunch at certain times, they play on the iPads at certain times. So they've, they've had structure and schedules in their lives before. So we've had a week because we didn't have spring break this week where we just, um, we put together some, educational type activities for the kids um, just before all this hit there was a lot of talk around like you know four-day working weeks and stuff like that so I, that's that's what we came up with we today's Friday uh, as we record here so they had a day off like school work or educational work but uh, we structured it so that they had some chores to do they had you know some reading to do they had you know social studies math but they were all like you know kind of soft fun type of activities we didn't have textbooks out they weren't doing worksheets they were you know exploring things doing hands-on creative things and and trying to get things that, that both of them could do so for instance like yesterday they were uh, they made a volcano uh, with baking soda and vinegar and so Ewan was helping making the the volcano with with my wife and and getting all the ingredients and everything ready. And Neve and I were looking up the chemical properties of baking soda and vinegar and that reaction and how that works together and talking about that. And so, you know, then coming back together to do the experiment itself in varying different parts of it for science. So I don't know, we, we try to do fun kind of hands-on things that are educationally um, interesting to the kids, but uh, that's, that's just our first week. That's what we've done so far. And Mindy, you have a little different scenario because Steve is, has Steve tried to work from home too this week? Yeah. So Steve's been home this week um, because we are in quarantine. Our family is because we came and we were asked to quarantine by the city um, as a result of a restaurant that we ate at. Anyway, so Steve is home this week, but we're, we were actually on spring break. So we are, um, this was, I think a new experience for Steve, but we, um, yeah, we have, I, it, we're still on spring break. So uh, we're kind of just like, eh, let the fun just begin. But I do think that, um, Lynn, haven't you, weren't your kids off of spring break? They didn't have spring break this week, right? No. Um, so I'll jump in and kind of share a little bit of my story. Um, my kids were supposed to have spring break yesterday and today. So, uh, Monday through Wednesday, um, I, I will share, um, what I've learned about my children and educating my children at home as an educator. Um, you know, it was one of those things where I knew for both Nathan, my husband and I, um, that, you know, there were some non-negotiables. <laughs> we didn't want 
Um, our kiddos just kind of hanging out all day long, kind of doing nothing. Um, we wanted to be able to have some sort of opportunities for them to continue, you know, going, <laughs> activating their brains. Um, and so knowing my children, um, they do like schedules. Uh, and my daughter, Ava, is all about, she loves, she loves being my quote unquote guinea pig and experimenting and things like that. So I actually did set up a Google Classroom because I'm that mom. Um, and I set up a Google Classroom and we just kind of talked through some different things for them to do um, in terms of um, helping me learn a little bit too. Um, there's been some things that I wanted to go back and, and delve deeper into. And so sometimes as a digital learning consultant, it's a little bit hard because I don't have my own classroom and my own students. And so my kids are pretty used to me um, asking them to be guinea pigs. Um, and so, you know, we've just been trying out a couple different things. For example, we've got CS First from Google coming up that we're going to kind of delve into. Some just some things that I wanted to learn a little bit more. Um, and for Ava, having that conversation of, you know, what are the things that you're interested in looking at? And so she's always game for whatever I come up with or whatever she wants to brainstorm. Um, my learning experience really came with my son, Jackson. <laughs> Um, so I kind of put together some resources for him to kind of explore. Um, and he was like, no, this isn't going to work for me. No, no, thank you, mom. Um, and so we had some really good conversations, um, talking about, okay, so here's the deal. Here's the non-negotiables for me. Uh, you can't just sleep till noon and then binge watch TV all day although that does sound good sometimes, um, but you know, being productive. Um, so what are some things that you would be interested in learning? Um, what would be some things that you'd be willing to do? And so there's been a lot of those conversations of him identifying, okay, what is it that he wants to explore? What is it that he wants to, to learn? Um, and so then, you know, being able to use some of the resources that we have at Grant Woods, um, just kind of letting him do some research on his own it's been a really good learning experience that um, that rigidity of that schedule and here's all of these resources, they're all great, but they weren't engaging to him. And so taking that step back and letting him have some ownership of what he's going to be doing over these next couple of weeks. Um, the other piece is kind of like Jonathan was talking about, you know, having a little bit of time just to, to bond as a family and reinforce some of those just great life learning experiences. Um, my daughter, Ava, is really amazing at baking and cooking. And so she's been jumping in and helping me out. And we've been doing some experimenting and making things that we've never made before. Um, in fact, we've been researching how to make sushi at home. <laughs> so I'll let you know how that experiment goes too. Um, but, you know, just even some little things that have always been something that we wanted to, to do with our kids, but we just haven't. Um, things like teaching the kids to check tire pressures. That was something that we realized, hey, we've never done that before. And this would be a great opportunity to start doing some of those things. Lynn, you've got that, you've got educator lens and kids that are moving on with like that, like with Ava jumping into Google Classroom. What about, what advice would you guys give Beth? Um, I'm just thinking as you work with our, a bunch of different teachers talking blended learning and things, what advice would you give to just parents who aren't educators who are in this situation? Where like, we've been talking strategies with teachers, how would you transfer those kind of strategies or things that just parents could do? 
that aren't educators? I think that like, just keep it simple. <laughs> like, you know, the stuff that you do at home. So like uh, with our kids, since they've been on spring break this week, uh, I've been trying to honor that. Next week, I've made up just a couple like area type of problems, things like that for them to think about with um, regard to math. And so Will is going to measure her room and eventually figure out how much paint she needs to buy to paint her room. Jack's going to try to figure out how much floor to buy for the um, basketball gym that she he's never going to get, but you know, whatever. Um, so like those types of things, um, like reading and like reading across a couple different texts and thinking about how they connect to one another or like what sort of similarities do you see there? So we're going to talk about resilience next week. Um, just as a theme, Jack's reading The Hunger Games right now. I was going to pull like a couple extra texts like Invictus, the poem, or like a short um, nonfiction piece about Malala and have them think a little bit about like how do these things relate. So just there's lots of things that like you as an adult or you as a person enjoy on a daily basis and do on a daily basis. And so are there ways that you can have your kids enjoy those things or do those things too? That's what I would say. Um, I would agree. I think, you know, if we, if we whittle it down to who their first teacher was, it wasn't their preschool teacher. It wasn't their daycare provider. It was you. Um, it was you as a parent. You are their first teacher. You'll probably be their last teacher. Um, not their last teacher. Sorry. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like it really whittles and goes back to you as a parent. You're, um, and so really kind of thinking about, getting to know, I think one of us already said, like getting to know your student or your learner or your child again at a, at a different level. Um, and as a speech language pathologist, I always think about, um, we have a strategy called expand. Um, so it's just adding, it's just like plus one thinking where they say something or they do something and you just expand it. You just, you just tease it out and, and, and stretch it a little bit more um, to engage just a little bit deeper thinking. Um, just layering on that expansion kind of um, opportunity or strategy throughout a day. So if you're baking, oh, we need flour. You're right. We need two cups of flour. Oh, well, that's easy. And here's my two cups, right? Like you can do a lot of learning just by layering on that, that strategy through your day. I'll add on to it a little bit too is just that I think you need to, as a parent, give yourself some grace and not worry. I know like I tried schedules with my kids when they were younger, just being a teacher, I'd be like, Oh, over the summer, like we're going to, we're going to learn so much stuff. And for schedules for me, it wasn't about my kids not liking it. I don't know that they don't like schedules, but what it made me feel like was inadequate or incompetent because I would be like, I can't get that done today. Or we didn't get that done today. And then I would feel this parent guilt. And I really think you just have to give yourself some grace and be like, my kids, we've been home, but they've done chores in the morning. So they clean their rooms, they clean their closets, they folded um, laundry today, they got an extra lesson on how to correctly fold a t-shirt and then um, exercise practice, do it yourself. Show me that you can do it. I don't like my t-shirts rolled up in a ball. That's not how, you know, those types of things, I think are super important, like life skills. This is the time that we're stuck in the house. Teach your kids how to iron, a, you know, their pants. Teach them how to do that kind of stuff. To me, I'm not worried about my kids academically. I understand that that I am lucky that I don't have to worry about those things for my kids. And I know that there are parents out there that feel differently or in different situations. So I'm very aware of that. But I just feel like now is the time for us to learn outside of the classroom and think about, um, 
different opportunities for our kids that they maybe haven't learned to do yet. And so just give yourself the opportunity to be like, you know what, like Lynn said, check the tire pressure today, teach your kids how to pump gas today, do those types of things. And just, you know, everybody just calm down. Everybody just calm down. It's going to be okay. And I saw this thing that Kelly Robertson posted on Facebook yesterday and it was like, we are not in an academic emergency. We are all going to be fine. Your kids are going to be okay. Just everybody take a deep breath. So let's talk about that. Corey, I'm thinking your kids are of an age where they can turn on the news and they're going to see what's going on. Um, how do you, how do you talk, talk to them about this? So I think I'm pretty fortunate that my husband's really in the loop on what's happening with the virus. But I just had a very similar conversation with my 13-year-old. She's really frustrated. She wants to see her friends. Um, and so it was kind of very similar to conversations that I've had with some of my family members that are older than me, like, what's it matter? I'm going to be fine if I go out there. I tried to talk to her about the curve and leveling that out. And what we kind of landed on is, um, I think to her, I'm an unreliable source oftentimes because I'm the mom. So what I said was fine. So let's look online together and find something. So she really likes John Oliver. So we found some John Oliver. Um, I think the other thing that we're finding with her at least is, is if we dictate it, she's not going to do it, but if we leave things open for her, then she's much more open to do it. So she loves, she has a phenomenal global studies teacher this year. And she said yesterday, I just really miss him. Like, I love listening to him. The content is so engaging. And so we said, first of all, why don't you email him and tell him that a, he's going to love hearing it. And B, why don't you ask him for resources? Because we've made her a list of all the things that we think she might enjoy. And it's like, <clears throat> but if he gives a list, all of a sudden it's valid. Um, I think the other thing that we're trying really hard to do with both the kids is be open. So it's like, do you want to listen to a podcast? Awesome. Do you want to find a YouTube video? Great. What we don't want you to do is like mindless video games. There's been plenty of video games in this house, but not all day <laughs> and not, um, not that that's the only thing that we're going to do. And so for me, it's like, where do we find the avenues for them? And we're trying, I'm, I'm trying to honor choice. Like I don't love history. That's not my jam. I would be coding things all day. That's not my kid's jam. So we have to find a happy medium in there. Um, so I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to pull together the resources for them. I think that they're going to enjoy but we'll see. We haven't pushed. Like I, we're in the boat with Mindy. My kids have never been good with a schedule in the summer and neither am I. So we, what we're trying to do is make a list of the things. Like what are the things I think you should do? Howard, you should do your trombone. You should be practicing your trombone every day. Um, like what are the things that are non-negotiables? And then for us, it's like, what are the things not worth fighting about? Like the 13 year old does not want to clean a room. And I was honor and honor. And finally my husband pulled me aside and was like, you're going to make her crazy. She has no control right now. The one thing she has control over is the state of her room. Let it go. And it's like, you know what? In my classroom, I felt like I did a good job of being like, that's not a battle we're fighting with this kid. I don't know why when it's my own kids, I struggle so much. But I think like when Mindy says, give yourself grace, I also think it's about like, what are the battles I'm willing to fight? And so like, I think what we're doing as a family is figuring out where the battles are. Um, I think the other thing that I am trying to figure out for myself is where's my downtime, especially since I'm home alone with the kids all day. Um, 
is like, where are there moments in the day where I get 15 to 20 minutes for me to decompress um, and feel like a human being on my own, but then also be present with my family and get to enjoy that time with them because it is a really unique opportunity for us to all be together, but trying to figure out how to advocate for that for myself. The kids need time alone. I need some time alone too. So kind of figuring out where that fits. Sorry. One of the things I was thinking about was we talk a lot about in school about getting to know your students. And somebody mentioned that earlier. Um, As our kids get older, I think that as a parent, they push because they want their own space. They push back. It seems like this is a time when we can recapture that a little bit at least. I was talking to my sister who had, is the parent of a high schooler, and that's what she was saying, that there's, um, there's time. I mean, I think what all the things that Corey was saying were, is super important. I also wonder about giving kids permission to learn the thing they've not learned. Like, is it learning how to play a guitar? Or is it, is it a hobby that they're really interested in that now you've got a whole week that you could just figure out how to four sew weeks. or how to do something like that? Or four weeks, what a, yeah. Like, so is there, is there something that they have wanted to do? But I think that the, the key is what Corey said. Like, it can't come from the adult or um, it's already squashed before it ever starts. I also think it's really, really important for us as a parent to figure out how they can connect with their peers in ways that they could also have those conversations. Um, And maybe that is, I I don't know, but, but giving them a chance to talk to peers about things that are important with an adult there, not just gossip catch up, which is really important too, but um, maybe there's not a lot of gossip right now. I don't know because they're stuck. So like how many times can you tell about your dad and, going to the bathroom or I don't know, you know, it's just like those kinds of things. But, but I think that we need to give them an opportunity to have some conversations that are sort of about the important things, but um, as a sidebar, maybe that's what I was thinking. So I'm thinking though, as you guys are talking, it's, it's about getting to know your kids, giving them authentic activities to do fun activities. Um, Amber, I want to talk one, we've been posting on the carpool lane and in our digital learning site, um, Facebook page, some of the Think, Make, Innovate episodes. And of all of the things that have been posted on the carpool lane, which is a Facebook page the agency is putting out for resources for parents to use, one that's gotten the most hits and traction has been a Think, Make, Innovate episode. So as parents are looking for stuff to do, I know I shared the cardboard episode with my sister. Um, and I'm having my fridge redone or kitchen redone. So I took all the boxes and I gave it to my brother and I said, here, go have the kids boys watch this. You want to talk a little bit about what think, make innovate is and who you might share that with. Yeah, absolutely. So think, make innovate started. I think this is our year five, um, five years ago of sharing out a makerspace challenge. And when you really think about makerspace, it's about making, creating, getting hands on thinking, And that there's not one way to create something, but that everyone could take on a challenge in a different way and create something really unique and personal to them. And so we've shared out one video a month for the last five years, which would be an awesome resource to go to to check out if you're looking for ways to get hands on with your kids at home. 
some of our challenges have some tech involved. Uh, many of them don't, though. And so that's really important to think about, too, uh, that you can be super creative even with a cardboard box. I think one of the ones that we shared through the carpool was actually making an outfit, some wearable cardboard, uh, to have a cardboard fashion show at home. I think that those are all things that can show you another side of your kid that you may or may not have known was there. Um, I also really love, and I think would be super fun, I think Mindy mentioned teaching our kids about ironing, right? Okay, we all got an iron at home. Ours does not get a lot of practice or work, uh, but there is a really awesome episode that we did uh, with Mid Prairie Middle School where they talked about plastic fusing. So you go to the cupboard, either under your sink or in the closet, where you have the hundreds of plastic bags that you've been shoving for all these little grocery runs you've been going on, and you pull those out, and you get some wax paper, and you talk to them about how you could actually change a plastic bag into material that you could then create something else with. And you never know, maybe that will lead to ironing of the pants. I don't know. All of these things could come together through making and creating. And so uh, we love it when people take on or pick up the Makerspace challenges. We love it even more when you share back, too. We have a whole um, page on our website that highlights people that have shared back pictures of their making. So I think it would be awesome if we had some educators that are at home or parents that are at home that try to do one of these things that you never know, it might sneakily work in some math or some language or all of these other things that might not look like school to you, but yet it might be school-ish. It's learning. Things. It's learning. Hello. And I think at the end of the day, that's what we want our kids to do is just have fun and learn. And this is, there, there's enough other stress out there in my humble opinion it's a stressful time for everybody, and I think kids pick up on that, too. So if we can keep things fun and engaging. Um, yeah, I just, and I, like you guys all said, um, this isn't a formal time, formal education. We don't need to be super strict with the schedule. That would be my piece of advice. Make sure kids are engaged, have fun, find activities, get, use this time to get to know your kids. And some learning will happen. Could everybody, I think what we'll do is wrap up and everybody just give one piece of advice to, and I'm going to say the audience is not going to be a teacher, but what piece of advice would you give to a parent out there as they're getting ready to spend four weeks? I'll go first because then I got to run because there are kids crying. So um, as you um, either embark on this time or continue your time, um, follow your kid's lead. Um, they will, they will. If you follow your kid's lead, you will know where to take their learning. I feel like there's a lot of pressure out there for parents or even if you're not an educator parent, but to try and have like school at home and you don't, you don't need to necessarily try and replicate school at home. You don't need to set up tables and chairs and structure and everything exactly the same at school because, you know, that's, probably not realistic and under the circumstances, maybe not even the best thing to try and do. So, um, you know, do what you can try and make it fun, try and make it educational. But at the end of the day, it's going to be what it's going to be. This is kind of an unprecedented situation. You're not doing it wrong. If you think, you know, what, what am I doing here? Uh, am I, am I doing it right or not? It, I don't think there is a right and wrong way right now. We're just 
doing what we can to get by and doing what we think is best for our kids. Mine would be to have fun and allow them to have fun because learning can be fun. Picking a hobby, like Beth was mentioning before, that they're interested in, maybe they want to make the squishy dough that they want to um, make. There are all kinds of YouTube videos out there that people have made, and that even opens up great discussions about how do you know which one to watch and looking at credibility and quality of the different video that's out there and then reflecting on what they've done and if they would do it differently. It makes it fun and they're learning all those kinds of things. I think uh, I'll go build off of what Diana said. I think talking, like I'm a huge proponent in conversation and I think that sometimes that's the thing that we're missing the most. Talking about our own concerns, uh, age appropriate to our kids and listening to what they have to say as well, but opening the door to talk and having that just be a goal. And you've succeeded if you have a conversation with your 16-year-old. I mean, you know, that's like a win. So we can be done for the day then. And I'm going to build off of that because that's exactly it. Um, talk and transparency and that it's okay to take a step back and, and to think about what's working for you and what's not and to talk to your kids and let them like everybody else has already said, you know, taking the lead and, and really getting to know your kiddos. You know, I had that whole conversation with Jackson about, okay, so I think the whole schedule thing was my um, trying to make sense and, and take control of a situation that feels a little out of my control. And so taking a step back and, and to say, okay, so how can we navigate this together? And just being super honest and transparent with your kiddos and having those conversations. I think that's the biggest thing that we can do for them is just be there. There are a ton of resources out there right now and not to get overwhelmed, but maybe find one that you think is really cool and share it with them. Like, I think it's really cool that a lot of authors are reading their books online. So take time, share one of those with your kids. Don't have to do them all, but just try one that might, they might say, oh, that was really cool. Um, I would say, and you guys all said all of all of this stuff. So um, the other thing I am kind of just starting to think about today is allowing your kids some ways to communicate with their friends and opening up those channels. So I had a friend of mine text me. She's like, can our kids please play Fortnite as a date today? And that's okay. That's one of the great things about technology is allowing kids to communicate with one another and see each other's faces. My kids have FaceTimed their cousins and their family um, and really allow your kids to, to communicate with their friends so that they don't feel socially isolated. As much as we're supposed to be socially distancing, it doesn't mean that we're emotionally distanced from one another and to really continue those connections that they um, have established with their classmates. I guess just reiterating what everyone else has said, like give yourself grace, give those around you grace too. Like we have, no one has been here before. No one's like, well, on the pandemic four years ago, like we don't have any sort of, you know, prior experience to base our reactions off of. And so like, now's the time to give yourself grace, give those around you grace, you know, understand that no one is doing it exactly perfectly. And there is no perfect in this situation. We just have to do our best. I would say wash your hands. Um. <laughs> Um, I think you have to be really flexible and I think that you should all have a network like all the wonderful people on the screen because they're really helping to keep me sane and like to recognize that we're all making mistakes but we're all in this together and so finding your people that help you to feel sane I think is really important for parents to be, 
still successful at this time. Just to kind of reiterate that, finding your people. So here in Iowa right now, online learning is not something that is required. And teachers, I mean, this snuck up on us big time. So we didn't have like we would going to summer. Here's a packet for you to do and some things, games and activities for you to do at home. So um, finding that network or somebody that you can ask for that better together hashtag is out there. So if you're looking for a resource and you find out, Hey, my kiddo is super interested in zoo animals. Put something out on social media and say, hey, do you guys have, does anybody know anything that they can do? So the resources, I think, are all out there, and it's super overwhelming right now. Um, so asking a network, we are here as a team um, of educators, and many of you are parents. Um, so have that empathy for what parents are going through right now, trying to balance a work from home and help support their kids and have them learn a little too along the way. So know that our digital learning site is there. You can email or contact any of us and we would be more than happy to help shoot a resource or two out your way. Well, good luck over the next four weeks, um, juggling parenting and educating and just staying healthy. Stock up on toilet paper and hand sanitizer and have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to this episode. I know it's not our usual format and it's certainly not a topic that we plan to talk about, but we felt it was important to share some of our story at this time and to give you an idea of what we are doing right now. Regardless of when the schools do return, we are absolutely planning on doing more episodes in the near future. So until next time. This has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot. For more information on today's episode, please visit dlgwaea.org slash podcast.